That's what I'm talking about. Bring back the old Steph Curry. I'm in my zone. I'm in my zone. Breaking them as they come. Who crowned it at number one? Welcome to In The Zone with Chris Broussard. Today, we've got some hot stuff for you indeed. Last week, of course, I went in on the New York Knicks and New York City's basketball tradition in general by insisting that the Big Apple is no longer the mecca of basketball. Well, my man, Michael Rappaport, actor, comedian, host of the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast, didn't like it one bit. So the New York City native celebrity all-star game superstar, renowned Knicks fan, and, and of course, long-suffering Knicks fan, is here today to put me in my place, or at least to try. First of all, my sources have told me that Chris Bouchard <laughs> has lost his mind. But before we get to rap, we're going to start off with the man who was the face of the league last year, but has taken a back seat this season. That man would be Steph Curry. Steph Curry for the win, boy. There's this misconception out there that Steph is having a bad season. There's even talk about him being in a slump. Look, that's a tremendous overstatement. Dude was averaging 24 points and six assists for a team on pace to win 70 games through December. So for all those speaking of his demise, a chill pill is in order. Hold up, wait a minute. But that's not to say Steph hadn't taken a step back. He's not been the otherworldly, darn near Jordan-esque type player we saw a year ago, but every once in a while, the old Steph emerges, and that's what happened Saturday night against the Los Angeles Clippers, nailing shots from all over the court, including the half-court line. Steph drilled nine three-pointers, scored 43 points, and led the Warriors to embarrass their rivals. I, I don't even know if I can call them rivals right now. The Clippers by 46 points. Damn! It was rewind, Steph, and that's the Steph I want. That Steph is better for everybody, the Warriors, the NBA, the fans. Heck, everybody except Golden State's opponents. We need Steph to go back to being the focal point of the offense and to stop worrying about helping Kevin Durant fit in. Here's why. The Warriors are better when Steph, not Durant, takes the most shots. Look, for the most part, the Warriors win regardless of who leads them in scoring or takes the most shots. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. I don't expect Steph to average 30 points a game again, but I do want him playing with the aggressive mindset of a first option scorer. That's because Golden State is virtually unbeatable when he's in attack mode. Over the past three seasons, the Warriors win 85% of their games. That's a 70 win pace when Steph takes the most shots. When Durant leads them in attempts, that percentage drops to 75% or a 62 win pace. Here's something even crazier. When Steph has scored 30 or more over that period, Golden State wins more than 92% of its games. 92%. That gives Steph the highest winning percentage when dropping at least 30 of any NBA player since 1964. Let that sink in for a minute. 1964. Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Larry Bird, Shaquille O'Neal, none of them won as much when pouring in 30 as Steph. 
The Warriors have seen these things play out this season. In December, when Steph averaged just 15 shots a game, they lost to Cleveland on Christmas Day. Steph only took 11 shots that game, while Durant took 23. After that contest, Steve Kerr gave Steph a pep talk, told him, look, stop catering to Durant and just play your game. Do you? Do you? Since then, Steph's averaged a team-high 20 shots a game, and the Warriors destroyed those same Cavaliers by 35 points. This is not to slight Durant, who appears to be the Warriors' best all-around player. But fact is, he's so efficient, he can score just as much as Steph on fewer shots. Durant hasn't shot this little since his rookie season, yet he's still leading the Warriors in scoring. Look, here's the deal. When Steph is aggressive, launching threes from unthinkable distances, defenses get out of sorts. With opponents forced to adjust to the threat of him shooting from 26, 28, even 30 feet, openings for his teammates become plentiful and the video game begins. Super Nintendo Sega Genesis. The league needs a magnificent Steph, not just a good Steph. Last season, Steph put on the most awe-inspiring individual performance since Jordan. It was the type of stuff that drew little kids, non-sports fans, even those who had grown tired of basketball back to the sport. Fact is, transcendent talents draw casual fans to the game, which of course helps the sport grow. Steph, because of his normal size and build, his stunning rise from non-recruited, slept-on, mid-major player to superstar in the NBA, and his incredible and unique style of play brought new fans to the game and more faces to the television. Bring them out, bring them out. His first trip to the finals in 2015, that was the highest rated final since, there's that guy again, Jordan retired in 1998. His second finals last year topped his first and featured the only basketball game to average more than 30 million viewers since, of course, 1998. Unless you think it was LeBron James sparking those ratings, remember, LeBron's first finals appearance in 2007 was the lowest rated ever, and his four trips in Miami had solid but not spectacular numbers. An unleashed, unconscious Curry will draw these crazy ratings and make the game more popular. The kind of Curry we saw in November and December, not so much. Let's face it, the next few years of the NBA are threatening to become really predictable and boring, with the Warriors averaging a blowout. They win by more than 13 points a game. There could be a lot of yawners in the fans' future, unless that old Steph re-emerges. Last season and last Saturday, even with the Warriors up by 25, you wouldn't dare take your eyes off Curry for fear of missing something we'd never seen before. It doesn't matter whose team it is. But Chris, if Durant's the best player, it has to be his team. Won't Durant be mad if Steph becomes the first option? Look, first of all, KD didn't go to Golden State to make the Warriors his team. He chose to leave his own team to join that of a two-time reigning MVP. Those are not the actions of a selfish player who's counting everybody's shot attempts. Besides, Durant himself 
recently called Steph the Warriors engine and told Steph to be himself and I'll play off you. Perfect. Secondly, the media is far more concerned than players are about labeling a club so-and-so's team. Whose team really were the Showtime Lakers? I mean, for the first seven years and three titles of Magic Johnson's career, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was the team's first option. And what about the 2014 San Antonio Spurs, who pounded Miami into submission? They were Tim Duncan's team, but only because of his seniority and stature. He had long ago ceased being the Spurs' number one offensive option. Dynasties, and that's the goal for these Warriors, are true teams. They don't care about whose team the media says it is. So all of us not affiliated with the other, unfortunate, 29 of the NBA should be pulling for the return of the old Steph. Besides, as marvelous as he was, that old Steph still left some questions unanswered. Why hasn't he been the same phenomenal player in the finals? Was he injured last year? Hampered by a bum knee? Do the Cavs have his number? Is their bruising physical play his kryptonite? Maybe we'll get the old Steph, let's pray we do, over the final three months of this regular season. And if we do, we darn sure better get him in the finals. And if you don't know, now you know. Let me take a minute and tell you about the Make Me Smarter Football podcast hosted by my man Nick Wright and Pro Football Hall of Famer Chris Carter. This podcast is a 20-minute crash course of what's really happening in the NFL. Every Tuesday, Nick and Chris will take popular stories other media outlets are putting out there and tell you why so-called experts on other networks are getting them dead wrong. This podcast will make you think. It'll make you understand. It'll make you smarter. So subscribe to the Make Me Smarter Football Podcast. The clap back. All right, so last week I was kind of hard on the Knicks. Some said, you know, I thought I was just spitting facts, but nobody is better to come and defend the Knicks than my next guest, my man, Michael Rappaport. Hey, man, I I know you didn't like what I said about the Knicks, so I'm ready to take my medicine if you can deliver it. I don't know what you can refute about New York being a Mecca, but but go ahead. What, what What you got for me? First of all, my sources have told me that Chris Bouchard has lost his mind. Sources have also told me that he's lost his mind by trying to say New York City basketball is not the Mecca. My sources have also told me that he's under diagnosis. Listen, man. That's actually pretty good. I'll give you credit on that. I'm the first guy to do. I'm surprised you don't you don't you don't get people doing uh, more impressions of you because you have such a distinct way of talking, especially <laughs> when you're hyped up. Listen, first of all, I'm excited about your show. I'm excited about all your new gigs. I'm Thanks, a fan of man. yours. I've been Appreciate a fan of yours since, since since day one. Thank but you. I think you might have went crazy with this. Did you expect more from the Knicks this year when the season started? Yes, I expected more. I, I, at the beginning of the season, I, I was talking about. You know, fifth seed, fourth seed. You know, on paper, I I, I was aware of the def- defensive flaws that we had. You know, obviously defense is, is a problem. Obviously, Derrick Rose, the the health factor was the big question mark thus far. And knock on wood, and like any player, whether I like him or not, you always want to see a guy on the court. So I'm happy to see Derrick Rose. I've always like everybody. You want to see him get back to 
you know, being great. He may never be the old Derrick Rose, but the, the new Derrick Rose is, is pretty pretty good. And and I believe he's only missed three or four games. And and I think LeBron James has sat out just the amount of, the amount of games just for rest. But we're going to stay focused <laughs> on my Knicks. Listen. Well, Derrick did just understood. decide to take a vacation one day without telling anybody. <laughs> I, listen. Listen. And, and, and that just was swept That's under bizarre, the rug beautifully. Right? That's whoever, whoever did that with D. Rose, the New York City the New York City PR team and the Knicks PR team, I give them kudos. And if you ever get caught up like in, you know, like like a real scandal, get the people that covered up that D. Rose thing because they swept that under the rug. But this is the deal with Carmelo. Every year he's taking the hits because he's in New York. There's eight players. Eight players are making more than Carmelo Anthony this year. LeBron deserves it. Westbrook deserves it. Mike Conley, come on, man. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? <laughs> but that's just the the new collect the new uh, salary cap. That's why. But, but but we're still talking about LeBron being overpaid. I mean, about Carmelo yep. being overpaid and Carmelo's under you. siege. He's making $24 million. At this point, that's, that's not a, a bad, yeah, that's not a bad contract. I give DeMar you that. DeMar Rosen, he's good, but he ain't Carmelo Anthony. Dirk Nowinski, nobody's saying anything about him. You know, at this point, and I'm the slowest white guy you're ever going to see, I can beat Dirk Nowinski in a couple of suicides. <laughs> he looks crazy out there. Of course, these guys deserve to get paid. None of them, you know, they're all stars. But Mike Conley doesn't deserve more money than Carmelo Anthony. Chris Bouchard. How many All-Star games has Mike Conley made? I don't care about how many he should have made. How goose many egg. has he made? The goose egg. Period. Yep. Period. And he's getting, what, $35 million? $33 million? Well, yeah, I mean, Nobody's... I hear you. I hear you. And in the first two weeks, he sat out a game. He sat out a game for rest. $35 million. There's no rest, homeboy. You better be injured, <laughs> and you better be bleeding to sit out a game. Now, as far as the, the New York City not being the mecca of basketball, let me tell you something tell you something my man it always will be the mecca of basketball okay madison square garden before the nba was the nba college basketball was the thing and it all happened at the garden we know about the 70s but let me let me break it down why does everybody come to new york city and want to show out the fabric of new york city the five boroughs is built on basketball you are in new york city right now I guarantee you, any which way you walk in Manhattan, Brooklyn, and any of the five boroughs, you can't walk a mile in any direction without seeing a basketball court. It has less to do with wins and the fabric of the city. The city is built on basketball courts, whether people are rollerblading on them, playing dodgeball, or little kids are skip roping or skipping rope. Basketball is a part of the fabric of New York City. It's the city's game. Even though we haven't won, I have no excuses for it. It kills me and it hurts me. New York City is built around basketball. And I put our five against any any state in the world. I got the captain. Okay, the, yeah. At, what's at what's center. your okay, what's Bernard your five? King? You mean the Knicks just from the city. Okay. You got you can actually have Kareem. You talking about okay, you're yes, all Kareem New York is City the team. Kareem, okay. That's pretty good. Michael Jordan? How you claiming Michael Jordan, man? Just because he was born there? Hey, hey, listen. Did he learn the game in listen, New York listen. City? <laughs> Michael Jordan. Listen, listen. <laughs> the birth certificate don't lie, okay? Oh, and when, they, man. When, when, when 
<laughs> when you're talking about birth certificates, it doesn't lie. So yes, I will claim him. Oh, if I can't please. have him, I'll stuff Carmelo in there. I'll you, stuff Carmelo. Now you taking Carmelo and Jordan, please. I'm gonna put Steph Curry in Akron, Ohio, with LeBron. Because he hey, was well, born in Akron. Because you ain't got five to fill up the roster. Nate Thurman the and then a couple D3 college players. The good doctor, <laughs> Dr. J, it goes on. I mean, we have a list of point guards to choose from. There's so many. I could even throw Bob Cousy in there just just, just because we're going to be up by 60. That, okay, that's... New York City always will be the mecca of basketball. I don't like how people are you know, coming down on Phil. Yes, he's made some mistakes. But the, the, the talent that he's brought in there, nobody was talking about Porzingis. They were talking about Willie Cauley-Stein and all these other guys. Most of them have disappeared from that class. Okay, he brought in Hernan Gomez, Kusamingas, just this European talent he's been fantastic with. Yes, I think that the Derrick Rose thing was a huge mistake. But you know what? It was what? a huge mistake. I, look, but I'm kind of with you on Phil. Like, Phil's brought in some players. I would, I would, I hope that the Knicks are patient with him. I'm not saying he's great. We'll see what he does with the team, but it's no need to get rid of him right now. I, I don't know what they're going to do. To be honest, listen, man, I, I, you know, I am so frustrated by the Knicks, and, and, and every year we start, you know, with all these expectations, and I was genuinely thinking we can make a fourth seed or a fifth seed, you know, and, and we still can. We'd have to go on a tough, strong run. But, you know, the Derrick Rose thing was crazy. I think that was a major league setback. We've lost a lot of tight games. I feel like Carmelo Anthony, no star, and he is a star, no star in basketball or in sports is this much under siege by, by the GM, and I love Phil, by, by, by the New York City press and the franchise itself. It's like we, we want Carmelo to be something he's not. Carmelo looks the part. You know, he's good looking. He smiles. He, 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 he's got swag, but I, I equate it to similar to Allen Iverson. Same thing, Allen Iverson, he's iconic. You want to hear what he has to say, but I think I, uh, Carmelo Anthony, at the, at the core of who he is as a person, he's a low-key dude. I don't think he's totally comfortable dealing with the press. I think he does it because it's part of, you know, he's gotten better doing it, but he's just not that guy. You know, he, he's not, uh, like, flawless, but I, I, at this point, I feel bad for him. I feel bad for what, what Carmelo is dealing with as a Nick right now. I'm embarrassed the way they're treating him. Why, why, why is that? Like we, I mean, this isn't the first bit of drama that New York's had. Why is it that the Knicks just can't seem to get it straight, man? And I'm not even trying to diss them. I'm just saying time and time again, regime after regime after regime, there seems to be problems and drama that takes down the Knicks and doesn't allow them to be a great team. You know what, Chris? If I had that answer, I wouldn't be doing this podcast with you. I'd be somewhere stacking up money, man. <laughs> I, 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 you tell me. Like, what do you think? What do you think the problem is? I mean, is it is it the ownership? You talk to people around the league. They say, what's the one common denominator in all these last 15 years or so of drama? It's the owner, James Dolan. He's. They say he's meddlesome and he gets involved with a lot of stuff. I don't put it all on him. But certainly he deserves some of the blame for creating this type of culture. It's disgusting to me that 20 years ago was the last time we had something popping off like that was really, really close to being championship quality was 20 years ago. And then the older Knicks, it was 40 years ago. I mean, I don't know what, how it's going to end. This ain't the Chicago Cubs. We're not going down like that. Well, I was going to ask you, when, when, in the world, when in the world you think you'll see a Knicks championship? 
I don't I don't see one on the horizon I, I, for a long time. It ain't happening now. Although Porzingis it ain't look, happening now. And I'm I I like Porzingis, but I'll admit I'm not fully convinced anymore that he's going to definitely be a superstar. Like I'm fully convinced Carl Anthony Towns, Joel Embiid, if he stays healthy, they're going to be superstar. Porzingis, I think, has a good chance, but I, you know, I'm not so sure anymore. I, I agree. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Not. I love Porzingis, and I think he's a great talent. What is he? 21 years yeah, old. He's young. He's going to be really good, regardless. But I mean, will he be it, a superstar? That's the question. I, I agree. I don't know if he's like if he's going to be. You know, he's not Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant was Kevin Durant yeah. when he was Kevin Durant. You know, Dirk. You know, I, I think he's going to be very good, but will he be that number one dude? I'm, I'm not sure about that. You know, I know he's tough, he's competitive, he's multifaceted, and he's super young. You know, being that tall, I'm worried about the injuries, that that body type, you know, like Joel Embiid, yeah. and, 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 you know, like these guys that are freakishly, you know, like their bodies, there's a price to be paid. You know, to answer your question, when are we going to get the ring? Not now, not with this crew. Um, your best hope, your best that, hope, you know, like your best hope is that Porzingis becomes Dirk Nowitzki. But remember, in Dallas, they put pieces around Dirk. You know, they brought in a Steve Nash. Then eventually, Jason Kidd and those guys that helped him win the title. The Knicks, to me, they never put a second star with Patrick Ewing when he was in his prime. No, I agree. And that was a and, waste. And, 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 and it's a culture. Yeah. You know, Dallas has a culture of winning. You know, like the Lakers, you know, they're now we're going to see what their culture is made of, but they're even on the way up, like the drafting, and there's just a sort of a... Well, I look at know, those teams. Look at the teams you mentioned. Dallas with Mark Cuban, who for all his idiosyncrasies <laughs> is a great owner. And then you got, in Lakers, you had Jerry Buss, who was a great owner. Now you got Jim and, you know, is struggling with the ownership and they're struck, they're floundering. So, again, we go back to ownership that creates a culture and there you have it with the Knicks. Look, I, I love New York. People think I'm a Knicks hater, but I like the Knicks. I'm here in New York. I've enjoyed living in New York or the New York area, but I'm like you. I, I just got to call it like I see it and they've got to do a better job with the Knicks. And also, like, you talked about all those greats. New York City got to start producing great players again. Because they, you know what I mean? Like, Kimball Walker's representing, but it's it's few and far between. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. We don't got nobody left. And, and we used to, you know, we used to make them come. They used to come out. There would be guys all over the league. You know, we, we used yeah. to create point guards. Like, we, we, we create, uh, you know, cockroaches. And, and we're suffering. Uh, in New York basketball wise, but don't ever this you when you walk out of your building today, Mr. Bouchard, you walk a mile in any direction, you will see a basketball court, and you 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 think to yourself, this is absolutely the mecca of basketball. The the city, the architecture is built around basketball courts in New York City. It all has to do with the world's most famous arena, Madison Square Garden. Thank the you problem for is me, when I, I see when I see the people on the court now, they shooting bricks. I see them out there, but they shooting bricks. That's the problem. <laughs> hey, listen, man. I, 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 listen, I'm just telling you about the fabric and the architecture, man. I'm not a shooting coach, All right, man. so you basing it on the fabric. All right, all right, the fabric of New York. All right. Nah, man, look, I love you. 
continued success. Your podcast, I Am Rappaport, Stereo Podcast, is phenomenal. I appreciate you coming on mine. And I got one question for you quickly. Who's your Super Bowl prediction? I think it's going to be a good game, but I feel like I feel like the Patriots are just I, I just the, the the week feels like they're just going to pull it out, man. They're just they're just that good. Yeah, no, nah, I hear you. I hear you. All right, my brother, I appreciate it, man. I'll see you soon. All right, Chris. All my right. sources are ready to talk to you again anytime. <laughs> All right, peace, man. All right, time to wrap it up and run it back. Bring back the old Steph Curry. That Steph is better for everybody. That's because Golden State is virtually unbeatable when he's in attack mode. Stop catering to Durant and just play your game. Maybe we'll get the old Steph. Let's pray we do. And if we do, we darn sure better get him in the finals. Game blouses. That's it for this week's show. Please remember to subscribe to us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Give us five stars and leave a nice comment. Make sure you also catch me live on my nationally syndicated radio show, along with my co-host Brian No on Fox Sports Radio every Saturday, 8 to 11 p.m. Eastern. We'll be reacting to live games and covering all of the major stories in sports. See you next week. Peace. Yeah. I'm in my zone. Yeah, I'm in my zone.